0: I feel like I'm on the ball today. I even felt exempted from the
1: law today. It's like this revelation dawned on me. It's so amazing, help support the cause. I get everyone involved. I feel like I'm on the
0: ball today. I even felt exempted from the law today. It's like this revelation dawned on me. It's so amazing, help support the
1: cause. I get everyone involved double all my people with me always making trouble welcome to talking giants presented by seat geek i'm your host bobby skin here with my co-host justin pennick and we've got ourselves a head coach the giants have hired brian dable as their next head coach and it looks like ken dorsey's coming as offensive coordinator which we're all going to talk about justin i'm pumped i am very pumped i was Kinda of, I was expecting Brian Dable as the head coach. So, like, you know, the Brian Dable news was like, okay, let's get into action and work. But then the Ken Dorsey stuff dropped with it. Like, it looks like Ken Dorsey's coming. That took me from like, I'm happy to I'm I'm just pumped. Like I'm very excited about the direction of the New York Giants right now. I'm very excited that Joe Shane is the GM and Joe Shane brought Brian Dable with him. And I'm I'm just so happy for this New York Giants franchise right now. I really Hope it's, this doesn't get like, you know, look back in this two, three years now, but I'm really excited. And I told myself it wasn't going to get excited.
0: You know, I'm, I'm pumped, uh, really, really am pumped. And I, I do have kind of like the, the really big fan brain on fan heart right now, where I really am pumped for this. Go back to Dave Guttelman, right? Dave Guttelman, Pat Shermer is hired. Unclear expectations slash irrational expectations about what this team should achieve. And then by the time 20, at the end of 2019 came around and Daniel Jones actually showed some promise, as you've pointed out time and time again, Dave Guttelman backstabbed Pat Shermer, convinced John Merritt to not fire Dave Guttelman but that Pat Shermer was the problem and that he could still fix this. And then Joe Judge was hired off-cycle, which that's always kind of a, a bad recipe, and then even include the ingredient that is Jason Garrett and John Mayer forcing Jason Garrett on Joe Judge, not just in the year 2020, but also in the year 2021. Now, Joe Shane talks about how he wants GM, head coach, and OC. We'll throw him in there. And we'll include Ken Dorsey in that for now until the news changes. But it kind of does look like Dorsey will be the offense coordinator. GM, head coach, offensive coordinator. Three vital parts of a football team. All of those guys sharing a similar vision. Bobby Skinner, we got it. We got it. And they're all outsiders, and they've all had success.
1: Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with where we're going. We got guys who have learned from others. Learned from experience and, you know, we, we did a pretty good uh, analysis of Brian Dable. We were ready for this, but even after the hiring, it's like, we learned some stuff about how he grew from his time as an offensive coordinator in the early, you know, 2009 to 2012 with the Browns, Chiefs and Dolphins. Um, so we're going to break it all down. We're, we're going to talk about his scheme, the you know, the, the Earhart uh, Perkins scheme, you know, zone versus gap in the run, RPO and play action, that type of stuff. How he, you know, developed the QB, we're talking about Ken Dorsey. Talk about Joe Shane, but before we get all to that, we're asking, we're not going to ask for this literally until the day of the draft, leave us a five-star rating review, and it's like, it's the easiest thing you can do to support us on Apple, and I think you can put five stars on Spotify now too, but we can, more so Apple, like, find someone that has an iPhone, if you don't have an iPhone, and leave us a five-star rating review, and it's easy, I mean, look, Justin, you called me, what did I say, I was literally like 10 minutes away from an Orlando Magic basketball game. Was, you know, gonna go to go to the basketball game, enjoy my Friday night, was expecting the news Saturday morning, canceled the tickets, canceled the freaking tickets. So DraftKings is trying to keep me away from Orlando Magic Games. The Giants keep me from Orlando Magic Games. And now I'm recording this in my girl's house. And we have signs up that says Dream even when you are awake. Wow. I'm, I'm I'm not a motivational quote guy, but I got motivational quotes. For this podcast, so if don't I don't need to
0: dream anymore because we got it, we're here. If, we got if Joe we Shane, s- we got Brian Dable. If
1: we can skip an, or if I can skip an Orlando Magic game, which is of the utmost importance versus the Detroit Pistons and Cade Cunningham, you can leave a five star rating review. And listen, sometimes the smallest things take the most room in your heart, and Talking Giants should leave keep the most room in your heart. That's another quote from the that was, uh, from that the was wall.
0: Two, that was two inspirational quotes back to back. Literally, Smile, the, because literally, it's contagious contained contagious? contagious literally the episode after you dissed joe shane's two inspirational quotes in this press conference so you're just a hypocrite and a bad guy we're also 600 ratings you. we're 600 ratings behind our bosses john boy and jake and not gonna lie want to whip their ass that would be a really good flex um if we pass them in five-star ratings on the apple podcast app all right anyway that's that that's that bobby skinner what do you want to move on to next
1: so we can do the scheme stuff. We can talk about him growing as a person and as a coach. Um, do you want to do the scheme stuff just because not everyone else is going to do scheme stuff or or what?
0: You know what? We did talk a little bit of scheme when we previewed Brian Dable, but what we didn't really talk about and we just like said, hey, he grew because the results got better. I do want to talk about substantially how he grew as a coach, as a person. Whatever word you want to use to describe Brian Dable, um, how he grew, because that was the biggest hesitation, trepidation that people have about Brian Dable. And I think what we're going to try and do is give you a little bit more optimism if that is like if you're maybe not thrilled with this and you wanted like a Brian Flores, let's say.
1: Okay, so what are we doing first? Let's do the scheme stuff because it's it's quick, and then we can have more the other stuff more conversational.
0: All right, stuff. well we teased it. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff in, in relation to how he's grown over the years. So stay tuned for that. Okay. Yeah. We got
1: we we've, we've got a lot of stuff. So I talked with Anthony who uh, works for Cover One covers the Bills, and you know I've watched the Bills. i have watched a little bit of film. I mean, one is the development of Josh Allen, which we'll talk about more so in a second. But it's it's concept based. So what does that mean? It means you can do multiple f- formations. And you can run, like, Flood is a concept that really works really well. It's like, okay, it doesn't matter, you know, what personnel you're in. You can use that concept. It doesn't matter, like, what type of players you have. It uses those concepts. It attacks zones. It attacks safeties deep. It opens up space if the teams are going to stop you deep. If teams are going to blitz you and play man coverage, it opens up stuff for big plays down the field. Like, it's just a, a system that breeds attacking the ball from high to low, which we can talk about Daniel Jones later, but that should be, If you're a good, those should be good QB strengths. Is attacking from high to low. We don't want an Alex Smith uh, type player here or, you know, Chad Pennington after the injury type player. So it's, it's those. So you, and it breeds the hurry up offense where it's like, Hey, we're calling a concept where we are in this formation, bam, 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 get it. And it's just simple stuff for a quarterback. It's simple stuff for a quarterback to grow on. And then obviously you add all types of different stuff to it. And Brian Dable has done that. In the run game, it's very diverse. He runs a mix of zone and gap. You know, we talked with Anthony, um, you know, they went like once the offensive line got uh, like more settled with the Buffalo uh, this season, they like doubled their uh, gap runs um, when they when they got offensive line got settled Um, there. I know you have some stuff on RPO versus play action, but basically long story short, it is an offense that attacks downfield from high to low. And has uh, It has all types of stuff mixed in, but it's not based on timing and pre-snap. It's a very much post-snap offense, and I think that's what breeds the best type of quarterback play. I feel like that's what breeds the best type of football play, not just in the regular season, but more so in the postseason, Justin.
0: Yeah, and Dable was a guy when he started off with Buffalo, a very high run rate including on first down, which usually first down is the down where you want to be aggressive and getting ahead on early downs so you're avoiding third down situations altogether or you're making yourself get into third and short situations. And Buffalo has been one of the offenses the last couple of years that have been best in early down efficiency. And I feel like that's, that's the key in football. It's the key for the Giants where you don't want to get into these third and long situations where... The offensive line is put under more pressure. Daniel Jones is put under more pressure, like, physically and metaphorically, where you got to make a big throw, and then physically you're being put on more pressure on because defenses are blitzing you, right? And the whole idea of creating explosive plays is is that maybe defenses can respect you a little bit. Maybe they're putting more guys back in coverage versus just trusting that a team could play man coverage, that they could play cover one, they could put another guy in the box. The Giants have had a problem with that the last couple years, too. There's been too many guys in the box, so you can't run the ball. They can't produce an explosive play at a good rate, where since 2019, even before really the explosion of Josh Allen, um, 2019, the Bills had the 6th-ranked offense in terms of explosive plays. 2020, it was 7th, and this year it was 12th. When teams actually are able to respect your ability to create that deep play, Josh Allen had to take some more underneath stuff this year. So that's the idea. Diverse, and the offense has grown. The offense has evolved, even from... Brian Dable's time in Buffalo, taking the feedback from the players, learning what kind of quarterback Josh Allen is, seeing what his strengths are and what his weaknesses are, and seeing that hey, this dude has this crazy arm, so we are going to run these crossing routes, we are going to have these high to low reads, and the priority is going to be to push the ball down the field while also recognizing that we could check the ball down, get yards after the catch, et cetera, et cetera.
1: And I want to I want to add to your point about running the ball, like he's, situ- he's situationally aware of running the ball, like you know he's not going to. You run the ball every first and ten. When it's second and long, like he's very, like, he's not, you know, there's going to be times when they hand the ball off, but like he's, he doesn't want to run the ball in second and long. You know, after that, I was listening to the press conference after that Jags game where the offense played really bad. I'm like, how come you didn't run the ball more? He's like, well, we had a lot of second and longs, you know, and we don't want run to the, run the ball. We want to believe in our process on those type of things. But he's also adjusted as teams have adjusted to the Josh Allen Buffalo Bills. Where 2020, Josh Allen and the Bills took the league by storm. No one expected them to do what they did. And so, you know, uh, passing, like they were third in passing yards per game. But they they're they 20th in rushing yards. Well, guess what? Teams are going to adjust. They're going to play more 2 high safety looks versus Josh Allen. What they did, they started running the ball more. They were the number six rushing team in the NFL in 2021. So not only is it like first down, second down, third down, situationally aware, but it's like he's not hes not like the Chiefs where it's like they're just going to pass, pass, pass no matter Dang. what. And they're, they're not patient enough. Like the Chiefs are flat out not patient enough to stick to the run when they should. And we saw that even in the Giants game with the Chiefs. They had that one driver, where they ran the ball. They didn't stay patient with it. And that's why they had like only 20 points, which is a low amount for them. With Brian Dable, well, like, yeah, they still want to pass the ball. But if they're going to give you the run, he's going to take it. And I know Josh Allen affects that because he does run the ball a lot. Um, but it's just like he, he takes what's in front of him. So it's not just, oh, this is what we do. This is what we do. We'll we'll adjust to the defense. And I talked with Anthony again, who did the film stuff, and he adjusts week to week and in game.
0: Mm-hmm. And with running the ball, I saw a criticism of some people saying, well, Brian Dable doesn't really have a, a good rushing scheme, doesn't have a really good idea on how to run with the running backs. And – I'd have to disagree because it is based on efficiency. It's not based on volume. And there are metrics that look at just looking at running back carries and how efficient and how well a team does by just looking at running back carries and removing those quarterback carries. The Bills are still a top-10 offense when you look at rushing efficiency from this year, just including those running back carries. So I'm pumped. Again, pumped, pumped, pumped. The fact that offense— It's an offensive league, Bobby Skinner, and I know that's such an overused line, blah, 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 blah. It's an offensive league, and I think you just look at the way the league is going and the league is trending and what was available for us just in general with these head coaching candidates this offseason. Feel a lot better getting an offensive guy in here and trusting and just trusting that there can be a defensive coordinator out there, you know, pick pick your pick at this point especially Wink Martindale becoming available that's a whole wild card in there along with Vic Fangio if he doesn't take a head coaching job Patrick Graham if he doesn't take a head coaching job but even if those none of those guys pan out for the Giants I still feel confident that we can get a defense coordinator in here that can work maybe not perfect but it can work but what you need 100% to work is the offense in the NFL that is what we need to work and that is what this hire means Get the offense right in a league that is predicated around offense.
1: And listen, great defensive coordinators take longer to be hired as head coaches than great offensive coordinators, you know? So it's just it's just part of like, hey, offense, we want to really – I'd rather have – like if you're telling me this coach is going to have the same exact success offense versus defense, I'm picking the offensive guy 10 times out of 10 because I know that guy's staying. Where, you know, Matt Eberflus has been a really good DC for a long time. He's been getting head coach interviews for the last five years. Just got one. Vic Fangio took forever to get one. Uh, you know, Leslie Frazier, like his defense has been just as, if not maybe even more impressive than Brian Dable, but like he hasn't gotten that sec, you know, that second turn yet. Um, even Brian Flores, like if an offense, if there was an equivalent offensive like thing, like, Hey, listen, his defenses weren't great, but he won games with a bad roster. Brian Flores would be hired right now. And maybe he still does end up going somewhere. Uh, you know, the saints or, or wherever. But again, like, is the offense more important? So now you're going to, we're going to talk about his growth from, you know, earlier in his career to now.
0: I have something that can mix growth and scheme together. The QB
1: play. QB, Josh Allen, right?
0: Well, no, no, not necessarily. It has to do with.
1: I'm all ramped up right now. It
0: has to do with Earhart Perkins and utilizing a bunch of different freaking formations. So one of the things about growth is Dable really considering the input and value from some of his players one of them being uh Derek Anderson former Cleveland Browns quarterback then when he came to the Buffalo Bills either circa 20, I think it was 2018 when he came to the Bills he he gave some yeah. input on the offense but also um when Cole Beasley came to Buffalo he suggested a few option route designs that he liked during his time at SMU The Mustang set of plays has now become a pivotal part of the Bills' offense approach, and that type of interaction was starkly different from the type of back-and-forth that might have happened with the Chiefs when Dable was the offense coordinator with the Chiefs. Back then, Dabes was a little bit more reserved in himself. He didn't have that creative swagger that I'm talking about. He didn't have that in Kansas City, and it's kind of what makes his wheels turn now in Buffalo. So, include, you know, what I... What I think, I mean, Cole Beasley was at SMU a while ago, but I was just watching some. There was a there's a tight end that's going to the the Senior Bowl that that that's that's at SMU, and they run like this kind of spread offense where their tight end never lined up and never put his hand in the dirt. They run everything wide. Everything is wide. Everything's kind of out towards the sidelines, and the what you're seeing with this Earhart Perkins and what Dable has done is he's really widened and broadened his horizons in terms of his personnel grouping frequency. He's going to use a bunch of different combos of 11 personnel. He's going to put guys out wide. He's going to put guys in certain spots. He's going to move guys around the line of scrimmage, pre-snap motion and motion at the snap. Um, So those are things that kind of stuck out to me. And he wasn't always like that growth. He's growing over time. He's gotten better. He is evolving himself. And that's goes to show he was a little stubborn in the past, but it's good that he's recognized that. And that is how you explain the growth over time. And it's not just Josh Allen.
1: And I, yeah. and So I want to talk about Josh Allen. And I think what it can lead to is the Derek Anderson quote. And I'll read it word for word. When he got there to Buffalo, there wasn't much time to spare after losing Allen to a sprained elbow in early October, the bills brought Anderson aboard and had barely a week to get him ready to step in as a starter to help jumpstart the process. Anderson suggested a few tweaks to Buffalo's office that would incorporate some formations and concepts he'd used throughout his career. Uh, much to his surprise, Dable was receptive to nearly every suggestion that Anderson put forth. He kind of just let me talk to the guys and kind of put my case on the table and everybody kind of agreed. Anderson said, whereas I think I had that, ha- had that happen early in his career, he would not have been as open to the idea. Uh, you know, says Anderson was the quarterback with Mangini in 2009, a former six round pick, blah, blah, blah. It was like, Hey, can we just do, uh, you know, talking about his, his time with McLean, it was like, hey, can we just do this kind of build this offense back? Which that was very successful for us. Previously, Anderson said he kind of wanted to do his own thing. Like, hey, that's not how I see it. That's not how I see us going. So being more receptive and with Josh Allen, which I think is the biggest notch on his belt. Because having Josh Allen obviously helps. But let's not forget what Josh Allen was. You know, he was horrible his rookie season. His second year was better. But, you know, they they weren't a very good offense. But he grew. And then obviously year three is when he totally took off. And that's what I love is whether I do think he'll get the most out of Daniel Jones. I really do. But I'm almost more excited for him to get their guy. If, you know, if, if not Daniel Jones, because they're going to develop that QB through his struggles, you know, where if if this, if we were getting Brian Dable in year two of Daniel Jones, I'd be a lot more excited for DJ, but it's, it's year four. We have the, you know, the, the option, uh, decision looming. Whereas like whatever whoever his guy is, maybe he totally believes in Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones' is guy, but or someone in the draft, whoever, is that he's gonna develop that player through their struggles. They're not gonna Jason Garrett this, Joe Judge this, whereas you see the flaws, where it's like you saw the fumbles, you saw, you know, uh a minor interception problem for a rookie, uh, more so the fumbles, and like, okay, we gotta build this offense all, all based around timing and pre-snap reads because we don't want him thinking too much and having bad plays. No, we are, whoever the QB is, is going to be able to learn through struggles. And guess what? There may be struggles, but you know what there's going to be that there wasn't in the last two years with Joe Judge, Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens. You know what there's going to be, Justin? There's going to be big games. There's going to be big games which we have not had offensively. You know, the last two years when Daniel Jones played damn near perfect, the offense was putting up 27 points. We're going to get back to whoever the QB is. Maybe it's a rookie QB. We're going to have something similar to Shermer, I think better than Shermer, where it's like, hey, is the offense quote-unquote good? No. But first, bad teams that could put up points, and you can grow on this when you have more personnel. Because he's not going to have the Buffalo personnel right away. So there's going to be growing pains to this offense. doesn't mean, you know, next year the Giants' offense isn't going to be balling. But it can get back to the middle of the tier pack that it was in 2019 with Pat Shermer, Daniel Jones, a bad offensive line. A worse, you know, a worse offensive line than what we'll have next year. A worse wide receiver group than what we'll have next year, and probably, uh, you know, twenty nineteen probably had a better running back room because Saquon was healthy.
0: Right, and also, but also, it was exciting. I mean, twenty nineteen was an exciting year. Was that offense good? No. Um, and I even think that you know they get a little bit too much credit for being ex- too explosive. But anything looks more explosive than what we've gotten in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, where the Giants were literally bottom of the barrel, right? You know, so I, I totally agree with you, and I was I was I was going to preach patience kind of in my point that I was going to follow you, so I'm glad that you did it. But what will make the patience worth it is that I think we are going to have those games, like you said. where Progress. We're going to break out. It's going to be 30 points, and then the next game may not be 30 points, and it may not be great, but Dable's offense does seem like one of those systems where there's a lot going on. Uh, Anderson uh, brought up in the... Um, you know, in the Athletic article, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to get the title of that article, and I'm going to I'm gonna say it out loud. I'll say it out loud right now. How Brian Dable found his voice and became one of the best coaches in football by Robert Mays from January 15, 2021. Robert, Robert Mays is one of my favorite writers, by the way. He, writers, and also he does a phenomenal show. He does the football show with The Athletic. Um, you know, and he does a phenomenal job with that. So really check out that article to see what we're talking about. But Anderson was talking about how it took him like three weeks to really learn all the formations and what all the formations do and what's attached to all of them. So this is a system that I think Dable is going to have to kind of introduce slowly and bring along slowly, especially if there's a new quarterback that's added to the mix post 2022 or this year, that quarterback's going to have to be kind of brought along. Um, So, but the patience is going to be worth it by hopefully we do have those games where it's like, wow, this is what we can look forward to on a more consistent basis, hopefully in the future. Whereas the patience that we were hoping for with Jason Garrett and Joe judge was, Oh, we're still waiting for that 30 point game. We were waiting for the first game and we never even got it in two years.
1: Yeah. And that's why I wasn't patient with Jason Garrett. Cause like at this, at this offense best with best personnel. It's not going to be one of the best average. offenses. It was average. You know, yeah. um, you know, where it's like, Hey, guess what? Versus the Eagles in 2020, Daniel Jones, the offense, played a damn near perfect game, and we scored 27 points. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that was always the issue with it. And again, developing the QB through the struggles. Whoever that QB is, whether it's Daniel Jones, whether it's Malik Willis, whether it's Kenny Pickett, whether it's Bryce Young in 2023. What year are we in? Yeah, we're in 2022. It's 2023. i uh really been screwing up the new year thing. So, just going through that. And again, like, his offense, that, that's what happened in Buffalo, by the way. Like, they're bad the first year. The second year, they got a little better, but still yeah. not good. And then, bam, we got a decent offensive line. We got the wide receivers we wanted, Stefan Diggs. We got Beasley. We got a Gabe Davis that we like in the draft. Second offense. Next year, third offense. And did it different ways both times. It adjusted and adapted. And that's one thing I always look for is a guy who's willing to adapt.
0: Yeah, and... You were talking about Mahomes before and Andy Reid and the Chiefs not being patient. I mean, you could say that on the surface that those are similar offenses with similar quarterbacks that are uh, that are just out of this world, right? You know, Stephon Dougs, really good wide receiver. Tyreek Hill, really good wide receiver. I did not hear, besides Josh Allen having a slight turnover problem this year, I did not hear the same frustration out of Buffalo's offense and teams are figuring them out like we heard this year with the Chiefs, where they're figuring the Chiefs out, teams are figuring the Chiefs out, Patrick Mahomes isn't patient enough, taking the check down, the explosive plays are, aren't there. So the same level of frustration, and at times, it was like, well, are the Chiefs sinking or are they going down, which was a crazy question looking back on it. Didn't hear the same critiques about the Buffalo Bills, and I think that's a credit to coaching and the ability to adjust.
1: And they did have their low moments of this season, you know, and I think they had a defense that was better than the chiefs to kind of save, like save them. But like, there was some low, like, you know, the Jags game was a low moment for the bills obviously. And they had that month wasn't great for them, but it's like, they adjusted, you know, they adjusted, they started yeah. at, you know, adding more uh, a gap scheme. And, you know, by the end of the season, Josh Allen was balling just as much as ever. And then we saw that last playoff game. Um, and obviously Josh Allen's is a different type of QB than the giants have on their roster or probably will have on their roster. Um, going forward, but it's just, he's, he showed willingness to adjust and not taking forever, you know, where it's like with Jason Garrett, we were never going to adjust. We just never were. Um, and I don't think Joe judge, you know, you, you called me and talked about Joe judge. (laughs) This has to be like just a nightmare for him.
0: All right. So we, it's reported that number one, that Brian, Brian Dable was Joe judge's choice for OC. Like, I, I think that's known, but then. I think I might have accidentally tweeted out that Joe Judge wanted Ken Dorsey too, which we, we know that. I don't know if that was reported, but we know that, and we know that for a fact. So if you want to take it or leave it, um, you know we know that. We're not reporters, but we know it. What a world, man. What a cruel world. What a cruel, world. They might keep Graham too. <laughs> where, And they might keep Graham. Where Joe Judge went to John Mara, and may, maybe this was possibly his pitch. Give me Ken Dorsey as offense coordinator, because obviously Dable's not going to take the lateral jump from OC to OC. So give me Ken Dorsey from, I guess, you know, what is he? QB coach right now in Buffalo. QB coach,
1: so, passing game coordinator.
0: So QB coach.
1: Actually, no, he's the New York Giants' offensive coordinator. We think.
0: Well, I'm talking about previously. So I know. I know, I know. Joe Judge's head coach. He probably went to Mara saying, "I like this guy. I, I've I've liked I've liked these guys from Buffalo. Look at what they're doing. Let me bring him in." And then John Mara was probably like yeah i i want to but we just can't i've 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 messed everything up too much john maris says what a cruel world and now all of these guys were in the building all i think of them
1: wanted joe shane too like they i think they were trying to bring anyways it's I'm wishing the luck, best of luck for you joe judge going forward i would um, i would
0: i would be throwing up if i was joe judge i would be throwing up
1: he <laughs> probably is with all that beer he has at his house
0: oh boy that was a good transition to something different I want to read a quote about how he connects with players, because that's part of being a coach, right? Yeah, go for it. Now, kind of a good conversation of maybe does he connect with his players too much? And I want to get your input on that, since you've been a football fan longer than I have, because you're older. You're an old man. You're you're in your thirties. even as st- I, I
1: can't. Being thirty isn't in your thirties. I don't think.
0: Nah, you're in your thirties. I'm in my twenties, early twenties. Even as he struggled through some of his early experience as a coordinator, Dable always made a point to forge strong relationships with his players. When Derek Anderson was with the Browns, he was going through a messy divorce that was taking its toll. He was there for me, Anderson said. I was dealing with a ton of shit that year that that I was with him, and he was always great about it. Come into his office, sit down. Hey, dude, how are you? Doing okay? During the spring when everything was a mess, he was like, dude, just take two or three, two or three days to yourself. Come back on Monday. And then also when Calvin Ridley was with Alabama in 2017, this is the part where it could get too personal, but also college is different than the pros. You know, Calvin Ridley, they, he would go over his house. They would talk football. They would cook some steaks together, and Calvin Ridley was like his go-to coach and his go-to guy on that team. Where it's like, I I feel comfortable that I can go to you. And Josh Allen, I think they Dable sees like Josh Allen as like a son, <laughs> and the way that they've communicated, Josh Allen has has you know recently said after the Bills were eliminated from the playoffs how much he really loves. Brian Dable so he seems to have very good connections with players seems to connect with them well and it seems like guys do want to play for him and I do think that matters even in a league where guys are getting millions of dollars but do you is it a concern at all in the back of your brain that does Dable get too close to his players can he also be the disciplinarian when he needs to or is that a wait and see
1: I think that's a way he doesn't give off like the vibes where he can't do that type of thing, you know? Okay. Maybe that's because he's bald and has a beard. know. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know, he's worked under Belichick and Sabin too. So he's uh I'm sure he's he's not foreign to that concept, you know. Yeah like I don't he's not gonna be Matt Patricia, um, uh, but he's also not gonna be Ben McAdoo where it's you know, or, or even Pat Shermer where Pat Shermer kinda didn't do that at all because he knew his job was on the line and if losing like losing the players would you know, losing like three or four players uh, from his side would have definitely canned him, and he got canned anyways. Yeah. Um. So that, but it, but at the end of the day, it is a wait and see. Like it's yeah. hey, it's a wait and see with Brian Dable in general. Like head coach is different than offensive coordinator. So, um. But I just like the way he's willing to adjust and change things. Like even you know, going from the booth to on the field, like you mentioned with Josh Allen. Like you know, being wanting to be on the field with Josh Allen, like you said, and then like hey, it's better for you to go up on the booth. You're not as you know tied in, and I think that's why. Ken Dorsey is so huge because Ken Dorsey probably will be in the booth and yeah. Brian Dable can handle that stuff on the sideline. Um, you know, cause obviously he'll, he'll have to be on the sideline. So should we talk about Ken Dorsey?
0: Yeah. I, I want to read a, I want to read like one or two quotes about him being on the field versus in the booth and how, that's another reflection on how he, he grows and how he delegates to other people. Earlier in his career, it was difficult for Dable to delegate and loosen his grip on any aspect of the offense, and that only became more challenging during his early days working with Josh Allen. Josh is kind of his baby, like he wanted to be able to mentor Josh on the field, a former player. said, Instead of letting him be up in the booth, he dissected the offense during those walkthroughs. He couldn't sit back and just watch his creation. It's like he's watching his baby, his creation, his offense play itself out. Now, when the Bills hired quarterbacks coach Ken Dorsey in 2019, Dable was finally able to relinquish his control and move to the booth and Buffalo's offense reaped the rewards. And and then this is something that Dable said, if I were down there now, I'd be fine either way. I just think that's part of the growth process. I'd say the thing that I've been trying to improve on is listening, the process, communication, delegate more, because the confidence that I have in the guys that I work with, some humility, some resiliency, just teaching people how to deal when things aren't going great. It's a freeing feeling when you have confidence. So, Bobby, that's huge. I, I think that's huge, especially as you move to head coach, where you're not going to be able to kind of control everything. You're going to have influence over everything. Um I kind of like, number one, that a guy does have a background of wanting to control things because I don't want a head coach that's going to have just laissez-faire on the defense. Like, hey, defense coordinator, I'm an offensive coach. You just do whatever you want. Hopefully, he can be involved in the defense, but also having trust in the people that you hire that they can do their jobs.
1: Which is hard, you know? Yes. Like, coming from a control freak, it is very hard. It is, like, that's a hard thing to do, and you know, we're, we're on social media and people in the meet, like people don't realize how involved these head coaches are, you know? And, and you know, when they're like the fourth down debate comes up every time, like it's like, you don't realize how those coaches like think about that stuff. It's like, you know, it's, it's like a disrespect to them where it's like, I've been doing this my whole life. And some nerds going to tell me that like, like Gettleman, you know, Gettleman for, for an example, like it's hard for those guys. So the fact that he's been able to grow and mature as just a human being, you know, has, it shows me a lot about him. And, like letting Ken Dorsey call it. Can we just we can we just assume Ken Dorsey is the offensive coordinator? Can I get excited about that?
0: Yeah, I I I think that's safe. And you know, we were talking in our head coach episode that Dable is going to be the one calling the plays. So why does Dorsey calling the plays excite you?
1: So before we get into that unconfirmed thought that Ken Dorsey will be the offensive coordinator, this episode was brought to you by. <laughs> Anthony Stigliano. That's a fake name, right? No. Definitely not. Nick Rodriguez, who's part of the world beater tier. How about that? Wow. Nicholas. Massismo de Pasquales. I don't know where he's from. I can't open the message because I don't have the envelope. Nick, he's uh Nick uh uh Di He's polite. Polito Matt Oates? Bart Oates' son, another person yeah. of the beach. By the way, i with Jake Garcia, who was a, a new patron on the last episode. I forgot. That's the name of a Miami QB. University of Miami is Jake Garcia. Um, Colin Hoy. Hoy. That means uh, um, Hoy. H-O-Y. Does that mean today? Hoy. hoy. Espanol. Hoy? Yeah. Never mind. Uh, and then Tyrese Gilmore, who is who is actually Stephen Gilmore's uh, brother, who is from the Bills, so he, he came along with them. Justin, who are these people?
0: All these wonderful people, they're sponsoring today's show. They went to patreon.com slash talking giants. $2 a month plus some other tiers. Get to watch shows live. Get to hang out with us. Get to chat with us. Plus, Bobby will send you some stickers and magnets in the mail. And you get access to some monthly shirt raffles. On a real note, they were 10 patrons away from 400. Which, Bobby, I think we started this in August of what year? Did we start it in 2020 or 2021?
1: 2020.
0: We started this in August in 2020. To think that there's 400 people that signed up and want to give us anything is kind of wild. And I am extremely, extremely thankful. So let's get up to 400 and let's celebrate. Patreon.com slash Talk of Giants. Thank you so, so much to my favorite people in the world. Thank you
1: so we'll tread a little lightly with Ken Dorsey because at the time of this recording, it's not confirmed and we can, uh, when he, it is confirmed. We'll talk, we'll dive in a little more, but Ken Dorsey, dude, I mean, one great Miami quarterback. So that's, that's, ah, a my heart. that's where it comes from. Yeah. But this was my target, Justin, when I thought Jason Garrett would be fired for the 2020 season. Cause we had the second worst offense and anyone with a fucking brain would have fired Jason Garrett. Um, <laughs> Ken Dorsey was my target. Uh, you know and it just the way he's built like he was the Panth- he started actually with as a scout with the Panthers so Joe Shane some experience What year Um 2011 and 12 so he uh, was I there think, with Joe I Shane he, right
0: No I, he missed Joe oh, Shane Oh no Joe
1: Shane left in 07 but brand yeah. but with Brandon Bean Um so there's that then he became the Panthers QB coach he was the Panthers QB coach for Cam Newton's MVP year and the more we look at Cam Newton, like that four-year stretch was the best time of, of his career. Yeah. Um. Then he went to FIU, worked uh, there for a year, and then became the Bills' uh, QB coach, and then passing game coordinator for the last three seasons. And that's when you know Josh Allen has developed. Like Ken Dorsey deserves a lot of the um, the Josh Allen development credit too. You know, obviously Josh Allen himself deserves it the most. But like that was like a minor worry in the back of my head. Was like. I wonder if Ken Dorsey has like a lot you know a lot to do with the, you know the Josh Allen development than Brian Dable. And it's reported that like, hey, if Ken Dorsey will be the one calling plays, which I think is really lets Brian Dable be a head coach. And as a first year head coach, managing calling plays and and uh you know being a first-time head coach, it's a lot. So if he can if he has the trust in a guy like Ken Dorsey to do that, that's beautiful. And say Ken Dorsey balls and gets a head coach thought, like, well maybe Dable can call the plays himself, or there's a Q, another QB coach who's in here that they can trust to call up. So it just it sets them up for long-term success, plus the fact that I just really like Ken Dorsey as a coaching candidate.
0: Kind of a cool combo, thinking of it now. If they want to stick with this, hey, OC is in the booth type of deal and one of these guys can be down there working with the QB, Dable can be talking with that QB on the sideline a little bit, probably not sitting with them because there's to... value
1: in the booth and now there is our, value our...
0: in the booth. Yeah, yeah. So you can have if Dable, if Dable wants to be that guy, like I kind of mentioned in the article, how he was reluctant to give up that control in 2018, how he wants to be with Josh Allen. He wants to be on the sideline with the quarterback talking about the things that they talked about in the meeting room a couple of days before. Right. He can have that as a head coach, and then Ken Dorsey can be up in the booth, kind of just sticking to the blueprint, sticking to the plan, seeing things from that you know wide all twenty-two perspective, and seeing the game better. And then obviously whatever QB coach you know Brian Dable brings in, you know you can also delegate you know things to him too. So that that kind of does you know hey makes me excited if they want to stick to that similar system that they had in Buffalo of a guy in the booth, but also Brian Dable can resume that guy on the sidelines I'm talking to people position that he liked in Buffalo before he went up to the booth
1: and it seems like he probably saw that from Sean McDermott you know who let Leslie Frazier call plays on defense and like this must be a priority to get Ken Dorsey to not be the Bills offense coordinator for Josh Allen like this had to be like Brian Dable like hey man you guys have to pay this son of a gun like for me to come this guy needs to come with me and he has to to like you guys gotta, you guys gotta shell it out because he's obviously not going to leave Josh Allen and them for nothing. So, uh, at, at least we know they're gonna have a good relationship-wise. Like, and that's the other thing, you know. We talked about it on the G, uh, the Joe Shane press, we're talking about like relationships in the building. I know we're becoming the the Bills of New Jersey, you know, the uh, the New Jersey uh, version of the Buffalo Bills, but it's like Joe Shane, Brian Dable, and Ken Dorsey. Like, we're we got a, a, a a front office and a head coaching staff that are totally on the same page, like we mentioned in the beginning of the episode. Bam. Do you want to talk? What do you? What else do you have that you want to hit on?
0: I mean, there's RPO stuff when he was with uh, Tua in 2017. Tua and Jalen Hurts in 2017 with uh, Alabama. Was it just Tua? 27. Yeah, it was. It was Tua and. Her- no, he, Hurts her, he was
1: there the Hurts year, and then when they benched Hurts for Tua. Yeah. Okay. Um, to, for that national championship.
0: So, I mean, and then post-2017, you saw Tua Tagovailoa become the best quarterback in the country at running those RPOs. And then as the years have kind of gone on, the more that Buffalo started to pass, the more that they you know mixed up their their personal grouping frequencies, the more they kind of used uh, – I also didn't mention this when talking about scheme. They, they used, like, four wide receiver sets, and that's something that Zach Taylor in Cincinnati does well is utilizing the spread – with somewhat of a lackluster offensive line. But when you utilize the spread, the idea is there's going to be less guys in the box because you don't have a tight end on the field. Maybe you're taking a running back off the field. So if you spread the field, there's going to be more secondary guys out there. So hopefully it gives you more time to throw the ball where Josh Allen has also become a guy where he has a very high average time to throw, but his average depth of target is pretty solid too. Um, uh, Highest, uh, uh, the second highest Rate of play-action passes in 2020 and then the first in 2021?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were first in 2021.
0: So when the offense has started to evolve and when he's really kind of changed things, then Josh Allen has taken a step up. They utilize play-action more, which I think no matter what you should be utilizing play-action, that doesn't necessarily predicate on having really good quarterback play. Um, and that excites me. And utilizing RPOs the more time has gone on, too. And that kind of started with his time in 2017 with the University of Alabama.
1: There, so there's a I and mean, there's a lot to be excited about, I, and I am very excited for that. So I do want to talk my like very uh, shortly about the defensive coordinator spot. Let me check to see if there's some news in there. By the way, at our Patreon chat, we got Danny Behan and Mister Chicken. Like they're they're you know reminiscing on the good times. Remember they like Danny Behan reminded us of DraftKings ads. Twelve people, you know, twelve you know twelve people max in the chat. Um, Back in the day with those Patreon chat, tra- we used to like tell people like spill the beans on everything. Now we have to be a little more tame, but we still spill the beans on some things. Um, but like we had like our, like, you know, chalk talks, uh, you know, chalk sessions with the, uh, the Patreon. Um, so let's see, let's see if we, we miss any news. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. But, but at the same time, Justin, you know, this guy worked under Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. There's no way this can fail.
0: Ha ha
1: ha ha ha, ha. What do you Funny. think about Wink? What do you think about Wink Martindale being the defensive coordinator?
0: I got it. you know what? I gotta stop being so like. The Ravens defense faced adversity for one of the first times this year, and they didn't do well. Whereas Patrick Graham has faced adversity, you know, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, and he's kept the defense afloat. I gotta stop being like that. Where Wink Martindale. There's a reason why Wink Martindale has been a head coaching candidate. There's a reason why he's been in Baltimore for a long time. And there's a reason why they've had success year in and year out, despite them letting pass rushers walk and they prioritize certain positions. So I, like right now, like if you were to put a gun to my head, I would say I wish I, you could put a gun to your head. I know, right? I well, I wish I, I know you wish you would, you were able to put a gun to my head. Um,
1: Early if, Patreon days, we said we made. You know, we had our roots are our gun violence podcast. People forget that.
0: This is true. No, I don't think people forget that. <laughs> At least not with you. Patrick Graham would be my preference for defense coordinator right now. That could be a bad take. I, I could be a really bad take. But I just really like Patrick Graham's ability to adjust. And I'm still sitting back and waiting for Patrick Graham to get a good edge rusher. Yes, Aziz Ojolari is going to grow and hopefully he improves, but I'm waiting for that good edge rusher that he is desperately kind of seeking for so he can run the defense that he wants to run. Because this year he had to adjust and he did a good job at adjusting. Um, and that's that's where my brain is at right now.
1: I would be happy with Wink, uh, but I want Patrick Grant to be the defensive coordinator unless there's a way they can lure Vic Fangio to the job.
0: But he's Patrick probably gonna Krem get it. A-
1: fits everything philosophically. Like he fits, he's a, he's a perfect match for what the Bills have done and Joe Shane has done with the Bills. The only difference is 4 3 versus 3 4. It's but the that the only doesn't difference really matter. Be, and that's like the least of your words. You know, most stuff is based out of nickel. Like it's they're a philosophical match. You know, they they've got a guy in the locker room. So again, um, you know, if 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 they can't, if they can get Wink, I'm not mad at that. But I just, I definitely want Patrick Graham more than Wink. But I actually think, like, if we're sitting here talking Wink Martindale versus Patrick Graham as our defensive coordinator right now, like that's a good spot for the Giants. Now he was the guy time. who I wanted a head coach in 2020. Now I've, I, I, uh, I go back and I look at that as a bad take, and I wouldn't ever want Wink as my head coach. But like, if, if I'm saying that, like, oh, I, I would rather not get Wink in my defensive coordinator, like that's a good spot to be in, and I, and I think Wink is. You know, he's worked in that Raven system, but I also think Wick is a smart guy and he's, he's you know, similar to Brian Dable, who's learned uh, from some of his past mistakes. We're like, hey, he may not be married to the blitz 42% of the time, uh, you know, type of defense. Yeah.
0: We have Brian Dable as head coach and we're discussing, damn, who do we have as defense coordinator? Patrick Graham or Wink Martindale versus Brian Flores as our head coach. And we're like, who even is available for offensive coordinator? Who is would want to work with Brian Flores as offensive yeah, player? Yeah, yeah. Can I all right? Can I say something now that we hired Brian Dable? And I don't care what you think if you're listening to this. I don't care what you think about this statement. I am so, 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 so happy he is not the head coach. Very. happy.
1: I feel happy. like that's the for me. It's I'm definitely I'm very happy that Brian Dable is more so than Brian Flores. You know, but I wouldn't have been mad at Brian Flores. Like I, I, there's, a, he's got enough positives, and I think a lot of his negatives, I think we, it's like it comes with being a head coach, uh, being a guy who's been a head coach before. Whereas like when you're a coordinator, a lot of your flaws are are are, you know, aren't out in the open type thing. You know, like were Joe Judge's flaws out there and open when we got him. Now I know he called special teams and not offense or defense, um, so I think he was a little victim to that. But his flaws were pretty pretty big. But at the end of the day, I wanted Brian Dable. I wish they would have interviewed Kevin O'Connell and Mike McDaniel, but I'm very happy they got Brian Dable.
0: And some of the things that Joe Shane just said about head coaches being able to interpret data, whether it's player performance data about training and that side of things, or being able to use and dissect data when it comes to fourth down decisions on when to go for it and when to punt. That is those word words that he used in his introductory press conference. That that's not me just presuming that Joe Shane would want a head coach to use that. He said that you know head coaches would have to be able to dissect that data, um, and then also again, head coach, GM, offense coordinator, all being on the same page and all sharing the same vision. Did you see that report today that came out about Dable suggesting that he would be open to letting? GM and letting other people select his offensive coordinator for him. I'm sorry, uh, that Flores would be open. Yeah, that was like,
1: okay, so we're going to get Jason Garrett again. (laughs) Like, that was like, are you kidding me?
0: And also, don't
1: be a pussy, Brian Flores, like Mr. Toughass. Don't be, like, go get your guy. Don't be, I'll let you get, like, you know, talk about. If
0: If you don't believe in your ability to coach an offense and be a head coach, then go back to being a defense coordinator. For real.
1: Chances Flores and Judge are back uh, with Patriots.
0: I think Brian Flores is going to get a head coaching job, and I think he can be a good head coach. I just don't think it's right for the Giants. It wasn't right for the Giants. It's just not. The the Giants need so much offensive help, and they're looking for a franchise quarterback. The Giants are looking for a franchise quarterback. If Brian Flores wants to go to a team with a franchise quarterback or with somewhat of a more stable, like, why, why not the Saints? No, I mean Saints need help on offense too. But I think that'd be a good fit. Yeah, you, you know, I I feel like that would be a, I feel like that would be a sound kind of maybe fit for them. You know, somewhat of an already good roster, and just have Brian Flores come in who's young and you know guy that players can believe in, um, in a in a, in a team that with crappy quarterbacks still somehow stayed afloat this season. So just don't think he's right for the Giants.
1: All right, Justin, is that at all we got? We're gonna go. We're getting ready to go to, down to Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, uh, excited for that. So we have a ton of content coming out next week. Um, so get on. The, I think we're gonna have Michael Coe on the next episode. Who you know, former Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants, and uh, is like they're like one of the top guys at, at the Senior Bowl. So uh, not a guarantee, but I think that's happen. At least it's planned to happen. Hopefully he doesn't bail out on us. If he does, um, actually, you know what? Tweet at Michael Coe. Like excited to hear your interview with Talking Giants uh, next week at the Senior Bowl. So we do appreciate you guys. Wait, Follow, go ahead. That'll be an in-person interview. I'm not sure, but it can yeah. be.
0: I think it can be. We got enough. We got enough microphones. I
1: mean, you said to wait till Monday, so if, that would I'll, be our I'll first... put it. I'll leave it up to him. Do you want to do it through Zoom, or do you want us to meet up with you? We have the. We have the uh, equipment to equipment. do it um, mobily.
0: Um, that would be our first in-person interview, like ever.
1: Yeah, it would. So, how about that?
0: That's fun. All right. All right.
1: All right. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys next week down in Alabama. Follow along with the journey. Follow along with the offseason. And leave a review. I missed the freaking Orlando Magic game for this damn episode. I'm literally recording on a desk that's a quarter of the size of mine. And I have to hunch over to talk into the microphone. So, leave a freaking review. I'm going to get real... I'm going to get real... The gun violence roots are going to start growing branches if you know what I mean if you don't leave a 5 star rating review so we appreciate you guys we'll see you next week see you in Alabama until then let's go Brian Dable and let's go Big Blue